Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, you guys, and welcome to the Steel Wars Hyper Chat for the 1st of December, Tuesday, 2020. It's, it's nog season. Eggnog season. My wife, Jackie, makes a, uh, a delectable eggnog. Staunch. Staunch. So be prepared for some some nogged up episodes coming your way here at steelwars.com, whatever. Uh, you might be watching on YouTube, Facebook Live, um, Twitter Periscope, or on Podcast Delay. This is a uh, all-access episode, so it will be on the iTunes feed as well. Um, we'll tell the iTunes people how to get this every day on their feed in a little bit, but um, we have got so much to talk about. Hey, everyone in the chat, um, what the, what is with Sam Carey getting? He's negging me. He's read the game. He's he's, he's come here to the feed to say, "I'm not going to make it again today." Have a good day, everyone. Bloody hell! Bloody hell! Although his avatar of uh, Luke on crate. Does um does get him some points. Does get him some points. Um let's go. Oh okay. We should just do this one first. With apologies to my friends at the Scavengers Horde podcast who um are not feeling this, but Ryan Smallman. Um I'm not sure. Yeah, Ryan Smallman, um, who is an artist and a uh, a listener of the show. So, hey, Ryan, he did up this Photoshop of those Mandalorian um, character posters. Dare to dream. Check it out. Oof. Oof. If um, you were just listening, it is a mocked-up image of Sebastian Stan, Luke Skywalker up in the um, Return of the Jedi suit in front of the graffiti wall. Green saber ignited. Looking good. Looking slim. God, Hamill was a, a, a slim um, 30 year old or however old he was at that time, but, um, a narrow man, um, that is amazing. And listen, here's the thing with Luke Skywalker in the Mandalorian. When people say they shouldn't bring him in and it's all too connected and Hey, I hear, I get where you're coming from, but like, you know, like when you eat, you're like your like most like sickly favorite junk food. You know, you shouldn't, but you do. And so I'm putting things aside. I'm putting things aside. And Jim Grote says, get the Ignite the Green shirts printing again. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Um, exotic Red Tadpole says, looks like Sebastian Stan. With a wig. Dude, sometimes Ewan McGregor look like Ewan McGregor with a wig on in uh, Star Wars as well. But, it, it, yeah, it's, it's meant to be Sebastian Stan. Um, I'm not sure if it's the wig or the Sebastian Stan uh, part of it that um, you're querying. 
And in, where did that go? Here we go. In the audience ranking, we got uh, just under 15,000 votes for what was your ranking or rating of the Jedi chapter of The Mandalorian. And let's get rid of the little sidebar here. Hate it how Twitter shows up to everyone. Anyway, um, thumbs down, 2.5%. Thumbs in the middle, 10%. So um, that's under 13% of people with a um, uh, or negative. Then you got around 30% with a thumbs up and 58% with a massive thumbs up. So that's almost, um, what is that, an 88% uh, thumbs up or thumbs massively up. Um, and it was, you know, I, I hear people's criticisms and, um, you know, and, and this is away from the um, allegations to Rosario Dawson, which we covered on yesterday's show. So, um Vanity Fair, Anthony Bresnikan did a really, really uh, good interview with her and Dave Filoni that touched on um, her becoming Ahsoka and also um, the concern that Star Wars fans have about the um, the legal allegations against her and her family, which um, she addressed. And um, so, you know, if you want to uh, find out all about that, hit tomorrow, hit, not tomorrow's, yesterday's, yesterday's show, Mondays, you guys. Um, that's up on the YouTube. Oh, also, I should say, thanks to um, th- th- this 24 hours of since a hyper chat, this is the first time we've hit like a thousand. You know, we're just a humble, you know, we've been doing podcasting for a long time. Got a good base there. But we're sort of just getting into the YouTube thing in uh, the last couple of months. Uh, COVID um, delirium inspired just to do something um, interactive each day with uh, people out there. So thank you for for being my company. But um, first time we've hit a thousand before we've done the the next episode for the daily hyper chats. The uh, round tables have been getting about two and a half thousand um, after the first weekend, which is great. Celebrating the, um, the humble little wins. Um, you know, Alex Damon and Molly Damon, they, they get that when they, they, they sneeze in the morning um, and well-deserved, well-deserved. But um, we, um, enjoying the humble little victories. Now, let's talk um, RIP David Prowse, Darth Vader. Let's get up a sweet pick. Of, um, oh, we've got one actually here in the little thumbnail. So um, there's the uh, kind of very famous um, photo of David Prowse as Darth Vader, which I believe was taken. It's it's for those on the. You can look at the cover art and and you'll see it. But it's um an older Dave Prowse holding the Darth Vader helmet with his suit on with like a Death Star drop off. Now, from what I know, that photo was taken when they were filming some VHS interactive board game featuring Darth Vader. So um, that's why he looks more, you know, the hair and and um, that sort of like age that uh, if you're, you know, you see him on conventions and all that, he was at. Now, um, George Lucas paid tribute and George Lucas. Oh, actually one of the saddest things is it was, it was COVID related that, um, that took him. So, Oh, wear masks, people, please, please. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's super sad, but, uh, let's, talk about George Lucas's tribute. Now, George Lucas and David Prowse 
they have a, a complicated, fractured relationship, which, you know, once one of them's gone is, you know, it's, it's, it's tragic that, um, that's how they left it. Um, maybe they're happy with how they left it, but you know, for us being fans of, of both of them, it, um, you know, you want to, you want to see people sort of mend before, um, it gets too late. But the issue with David Prowse and George Lucas, and I've seen, like, I posted uh, an image up of George with his quote on Instagram, and there's a few people going, oh, you know, like, F George, like, literally F George Lucas um, for how he treated Prowse. But it's it was a multifaceted um, series of events. And, uh, like, David Prowse is, it was a unique guy. This is I. I'm, I'm trying to find out find out more about this, but um, I listened to the Wrestling Observer podcast. They have a um, like a VIP, like a Patreon sort of thing, um, to listen to their like very high quality uh, gamut of shows. Anyway, so um, Brian Alvarez on there was saying that David Prowse, in numerous interviews people would say, oh, did you ever think about getting into pro wrestling? And he'd say, no, no, never, never, never thought about that. But as it turns out, he did do pro wrestling in the sixties, but just like in interviews would sort of make no, like would, you know, he's never thought about getting into pro wrestling, but he was a pro wrestler. So I am a unique guy, obviously. And George Lucas, not a people person from, or, or, or an actor person. Um, so at the best of times. And I, I, I feel like with Dave being who he was and then, you know, things probably went awry when maybe George wasn't as, um, hadn't really made clear that his voice, David Prowse's voice would be replaced by, by someone else. And I, I feel like that was the first sort of slight um, that David Prowse saw of George Lucas. And then David Prowse leading up to Return of the Jedi was, was seen to be a leak to the media for things happening in that film. And, you know, he's denied that, but it like looking into it and it, it kind of does seem like, um, and as I think there's actually, yeah, there is, there's public, he, he did some public appearance and gave away a spoiler for Return of the Jedi. I can't recall what it was, but, you know, so, you know, that's then again, nagging against George Lucas and, you know, the, the story goes that sort of George would use the stuntmen more and more as, as Return of the Jedi went on. So there's that. And then, David Prowse appeared on, I think it was called the People Against George Lucas documentary. That's definitely the name of a documentary. And I think that's the one he went on, which was a real like blah, 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 George Lucas ruined my childhood um, doc. Um, Interesting to watch and um, a sort of precursor for some sides of fandom right now. And David Prowse appeared on that, which from George Lucas and, and Lucasfilm's point of view was a big no-no. And then David Prowse has also then said that he didn't know that it was, that's what it was for. Um, you know, once you recorded, you recorded. Um, but yeah, as you can see, like, and like any good story, you can see why, and I, I mean like a fictional story, you can see why the two, what, what happened and, and why this person reacted this way, this person reacted that way. So, I would offer fans that uh, uh, f George Lucas the the, the let, let let bygones be bygones as uh, George has done here, uh, and he has said, I'll "Pop that a bit bigger for you guys." He made Vader leap off the page and onto the big screen with the imposing stature. 
to the success of what would become a memorable, tragic figure. May he rest in peace. I feel like I may have just dropped out there, but then my screen went back. So um, I'll check the chat. Um, people against George Lucas. I don't know if I um, cut out there or not, but um, I'll, I'll read again. He made Vader leap off the page and onto the big screen with an imposing stature and movement performance to match the intensity and undercurrent of Vader's presence. David was up for anything and contributed to the success of what would become a memorable, tragic figure. May he rest in peace. So a, uh, a, a classy move. And, you know, like it's not, it's, it's to be expected. I, people get so worked up in, um, on behalf of other people. Like someone on my Instagram was complaining that oh, it took him long enough. And I was like, dude, you made that comment within 24 hours of the public finding out he died. Like how quick do you want him to get it out on a, on a Thanksgiving Sunday? You know, same with StarWars.com. Like people, oh, they haven't updated it yet. It did get updated on Sunday, but it's like it's Thanksgiving weekend. Um, so someone has to excuse themselves from their family, set up the laptop, write the article, post it. Chill out. Um, yes, okay, there was a little pause. So um, don't worry, you guys, about the pause because I, I, I read it a second time as poorly, you know, such a as poor cadence as I did the first time because the way it's down the um, the Instagram screen like that, it was sort of hard to get the uh, the flow of the sentence that George was getting to. Uh, Johnny Grasso says George Lucas took the high ground. And you know what? I bet you if it was reversed, heaven forfend, but um, I bet you Dave Prowse would do the same. And... Someone in the chat said, then he complained he was shut out of Lucasfilm events. Yeah, he, he was shut out um, because of that documentary. Um, again, someone in the chat is complaining about that he could have done it beforehand while he was alive. Um, come on, let it go. Be an adult. This is this is what happens. People get fractured, and then when they pass, um, sadly, they go, "Hey, let's put that stuff to the side." That is um, unimportant in comparison to the loss that um, the world is feeling. So, just it's not. It doesn't all have to be pro wrestling drama, you guys. What else do ah oh, this is a cool this is a cool little um fun David Prowse. Um I never actually got to see David Prowse in person, unfortunately. Um I, I did used to like I, I had I don't think I've still got that picture at home back in Australia autograph, but I used to love how he write David Prowse is Darth Vader to sort of really lay in the point there. Lay in the point. Now uh Stephen Merchant of uh, Stephen Merchant fame, you know, um, a creative partner with uh, Ricky Gervais. Um, and I, I was talking with Charlie Ashby from the Imperial Senate before about how um, Stephen Merchant and um, Gervais and Carl Pilkington did that XM radio show, which was sort of very podcasty and, he said he, he listens to an RSS, you know, repeat of it. And I was saying, oh, when I um, pre-podcast, I bought bootleg CDs of the two seasons on eBay. And I was like, oh, kind of over Ricky Gervais, right? You know, I, I'm, I'm, I've had my fill. He's entertained me enough. That's a kind way of saying it. But anyway, Stephen Merchant. Um, oh, wait, Matthew Mole says, let Qui-Gons be Qui-Gons. Excellent. Excellent. What? Ian Hart met him in Starbucks in Japan. And Kermit the Pog says, yeah, what you said earlier is true. Neither of them wanted to extend the olive branch. They don't owe us to make up and be friends if they didn't want to. And, they, yeah, they're both in the same boat. So that's where... 
it is. But anyway, Stephen Merchant, let me get to the point. This is, if you want tangents, we're, we're on a tear today. He um, put out this sweet little Instagram email from my dad about David Prowse, RIP, who was from my hometown of Bristol. And this is a screen grab of an email from Ron Merchant, Stephen Merchant's dad, who says, just thought you would like to know I had the honour of being thrown out of the Glen in Clifton for smoking on the dance floor by David Prowse. He was very gentle and carried me out. Dad XX. Um, that's cool. I like it. I like it. I like... I like to hear he was a gentle um, security guard and because the security guards that take liberties, what, what cowards, really. Um, and all right, good. We've, um, we've, we've had some agreement in the chat. Very, very good. And I have to say the chat is, is normally a pretty safe place. Um, unfortunately, um, with these bigger live stream ones, you get, um, not, not, not this one, but I mean, on the round tables, I think there was maybe people got a bit aggressive on, um, Saturday with their disagreeing with people and it, it, it made them feel uncomfortable. So we're going to keep an eye on that with, uh, have some moderators during those, um, Saturday night round tables, but just, let's just talk to people on the internet the way we talk to them in person. And if you disagree on a Star Wars thing, it's fine. It's, let's, let's just chill out. And, you know, a few people said, oh, it was pretty downbeat, the reaction compared to, you know, how I thought about it. And to me, that's fascinating because how many, like, it was the best thing ever podcasts can you listen to? I, I, I like the, 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 fascinating thing about star wars fandom for me is how we all watch this same media and with our life experience and our favorite characters how we then all relate to it so i i I found it fascinating when you know i was just a giggling idiot going that was the best so let's um you guys keep an eye on it for me as well. You guys are a good peeps, but let's just, there's bigger fish to fry out there. Trust me. And Elijah Neal, backing me up when it comes to Star Wars chats, this one's great. Or oh, Star Wars chats. All right, guys, this is just in to hand. Um, we have got tonight's shopping list. This is breaking news. I, I will put up the uh, the scoop banner. Here we go. Here's a scoop. We need eggs, which in this household we refer to as eggies. Oh, don't get me started about eggies, actually. My, um, are you enjoying the show? Okay, Jackie's enjoying the show. So... Harry is obsessed with eggs now, not to eat, to befriend, right? He just wants to hug it. He wakes up in the middle of the night and goes, eggy, eggy. And so I hard boiled one so it wouldn't break. So he could, you know, play with his eggy wherever he pleased. Worked a treat. So I thought, hey, I'm a good dad. I like having fun. Let's let's like lift the experience. So I drew a little in like Marco a little smiley face on the egg to show Harry that the egg appreciated his friendship. Zero buys. No, no, off, off, off. Brutal, brutal. So. No more drawing smiley faces on eggs, let me tell you. Let me tell you. There's a charger. Another scoop. Jackie's phone is on low battery. What, what percentage you got over there? 18. 18%. It's low. She's about to go for a run. It's not good, it's not good at all. It's not good at all. That nightcap takes up a lot of battery. I am vamping because I cannot talk about Star Wars in front of my wife, who's over there, because Why? she's... Because she's very supportive. I hear you every night. I yeah. have to come and tell you to be quiet because you're too loud. Now who's being too loud? You know what I'm saying? 
There is no way I'm not going to get like a, a replay of this show. Because, like, how do I talk on the podcast, Jackie? Okay, see. She has a horrible impression of me. Oh, you, hey, you guys. Ignite the green. Ignite the green. All right, she says she does a, a good hey, you guys. Oh. I'm leaving, I'm leaving. I'm just putting on my shoes. I'm melting. Well, I won't Oh, okay. She's just threatened eggnog tonight that we won't have eggnog tonight if I if I keep up this behaviour. <laughs> I want the eggnog, man. It's so good. It's so good. Okay. Love you, Jocelyn. Love you. Hey, I'll get the eggies. Okay, nice. Because it takes six eggs per jug, so I'll get I'll get a lot of eggs, don't worry. All right, well. Is this content going on here? How if you want to mix up the liquor too, I can do some noodling, but we don't want to do it up. Okay. Is this a bit that you're gonna keep going back? <laughs> hey Jackie, Jackie. John Bishop. In the chat has said, you married up steel. <laughs> can they see me? No, they can hear. Oh, good. Okay. All right. Yes, that is a real slice of life. Good stuff. Thank you, uh, Critical Reviews. Oh, God. Um, how do I get rid of the scoops? We've had too many scoops about my life. Let's get rid of the scoops. Oh, Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. What do you think about all this, Noah? What did they do to us? Exactly. Exactly. Oh, um, anyway, what else can we get? So, yeah, ROP Dave Prowse. Um, and, um, yeah, quite, quite a character. I, I always see these original trilogy actors like they're my they're my famous space auntie and uncles and you know a few of them are pretty eccentric you know and it's 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 sad to see them go it's sad to see them go man I think we've had okay. What's the vibe check? That is a major vibe check. I'm majorly checked right now. Okay, now let's get to Ashley Eckstein's reaction to uh, Ahsoka Tano in the Mandalorian, and this comes via JediNews.com in the UK. Ashley Eckstein welcomes Rosario Dawson to hashtag Team Tano. Now, uh, Ashley put up um, a really fun photo of herself in a uh, Ahsoka Tano-inspired sweater, cargo pants, and um, wrote this really nice message on Instagram. To understand Ahsoka Tano is to understand what she means to people. Millions of people are meeting Ahsoka for the first time after watching her in The Mandalorian, and I'm excited for them to hopefully go back and watch her journey in The Clone Wars and Rebels. Millions of fans already know 
Ahsoka and her presence has come to mean more to them than words in a script. In Star Wars The Clone Wars, Ahsoka became the eyes of the audience. Viewers experienced the show through Ahsoka, and even though these stories happened in a galaxy far, far away, her feelings and emotions are very relatable to our everyday lives. Ahsoka's strength has inspired, changed, and literally saved millions of lives all over the world. In turn, Ahsoka has become a beacon of hope, light, and genuine goodness. Everyone's relationship with Ahsoka is very different because she triggers the memory of a certain point in a person's life where she's inspired them. Very astute. Even in the darkest of times, Ahsoka brings people joy, and that's what truly matters. Ahsoka taught us that you don't need to carry a sword to be powerful. And Dave Filoni reminded me of that kindness is powerful. After 12 years, and hopefully many more to come, of having Ahsoka in our lives, hashtag Ahsoka lives in all of us now. I'm blown away by everyone's kindness. I've read all the messages, DMs, comments, text messages, and emails. And to say thank you doesn't even equate Oh, sorry, doesn't even feel adequate enough to express what your kind words mean to me. It's my wish that Ahsoka continues to bring joy, light, and most importantly, hope. This is the way of Ahsoka Tano. Over 2,000 comments, almost 60,000 likes. That's some traction and lovely, lovely words. Rosario Dawson then commented on this saying, thank you forever for your brilliance, Ashley. I'm so honored to be part of Ahsoka's legacy alongside you. Ahsoka lives in all of us. Indeed. This is the way of Ahsoka Tano hashtag Ahsoka lives. And then Ashley Eckstein replies, congratulations, Rosario. Welcome to team Tano. Hey, class acts all around. You know what I'm saying? So um, good to see. Just catching up with the chat. Um... <laughs> Drew H says, this is my first time here. And I thought this was a Star Wars channel, but that was good content. Drew, you found your place, buddy. Welcome. Matthew Mole says, Jackie steals kryptonite. <sighs> um, Matthew Mole also says, Ahsoka is the Luke Skywalker for the younger generations. Which, listen, that's the thing about, um, you know, some people that are really invested with Ahsoka are having an issue with that she wasn't really explained, you know, like, a, you know, everything about her amazing history wasn't sort of touched upon in that episode. But if you just watch it for the first time and like, I'm a, I'm a Jedi fan. Not, not so much. I should bring up, up this with um, Courtney. Cause she was, she's, she doesn't like the Jedi. And I was going on the other night about how Jedi is the best word ever made up. I, I'm not such a, a prequel Jedi fan. I, I'm like Skywalker, Ray. Oh, that's my, they're, they're my Jedi. And, and Rosario really harkened back to that as um, in those scenes in um, The Mandalorian. So <laughs> I didn't even pick up on that. Uh, Braxton says, Team Tano, always a few letters off. Should have been Team Toro. Don't worry. Imagine um, Jake Carnival writing a, a lovely Instagram address to, to, to the new whoever's playing the the young Toro Calican. What a what a world that would be. What a world that would be. Um yeah, I just thought that people would see her as a that that weren't sort of around the the backstory. Oh, this is a kick ass mysterious Jedi. You know, a lot like, you know, the introduction of Obi-Wan Kenobi in A New Hope. You know, he had all this backstory. We didn't need it right then. If Ahsoka gets her own series, we will need that backstory to flesh out. But um, for a role in this, like, she got new fans. <laughs> she got new fans. Um, yeah, you got to feel for Ashley. You know, I, like, I, I feel like they made, like, I agree with the decision to cast someone else other than Ashley. Um I think her performance and her voice acting and her support of fandom is 
second to none. But I just, it just seems like it, it would just be a bit odd to have to have her there. Um, you know, then you 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 look at the the person of color issues. Um, you know, she's doing the voice. Probably a good lesson to um, not do that in the future, and it, it probably won't. Um, but it must be hard for her. Do you know what I mean? She's like no one has invested themselves more into the character and the fandom of that character in Star Wars than Ashley Eckstein. And so, you know, she does have a, a special place in um, Ahsoka fans' hearts. Now, I've seen people say, like, oh, they didn't get in, get in her, her into audition. Now, you could go the other way. They knew, like, you could, in another circumstance, you know, for whatever reasons, they're, 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 they're producing television, they've come to this conclusion Ashley Eckstein's not going to work as Ahsoka for various reasons. And then they give her an audition to then not get it. Like, and then you found out about it. Like they didn't even, they weren't, they were never going to give it to her, but they gave her an audition. That's cruel. So it could go either way. So I, I feel like not getting her to audition when you're not going to use her is the best bet. Um, you know, there's a little bit of ambiguity about when she found out about it and stuff like that. And, you know, I hope that um, Dave Filoni, the hat, has... A, I need a hat. I need to get a hat. That's coming. I've got to get it, that up there. Um, has learned not only filmmaking lessons from George Lucas, but maybe learned uh, how to deal with um, friends and talent and, and stuff like that, a bit more open. And, um, you know, she was privy to um, the episode and, and the casting um, before the public was. Uh, it, it seemed like in her Instagram that she posted up when the rumours started that she didn't know, but who knows? Who knows? Um, and, you know, like someone saying that Ashley's so emotional, it, it's like she's she's put so much into this character. So if anyone's... Like I'm, and I'm not here to judge anyone's emotions. I almost cried because Grogu and and Din were doing a, a faux goodbye last week. I um, listen, man, I bawled my eyes out when X Wings came out of a TV in a Star Wars special edition trailer. <laughs> so these things, um, yeah, she she's put in more than anyone into her character. Let's go to Entertainment Weekly. Pedro Pascal is flying high on The Mandalorian, but defining success by his earthly bounce. The Wonder Woman 1984 and Mandalorian star is one of EW's, or as they call it, EW, one of EW's uh, entertainers of the year. So uh, he, he's a cover boy. I, I'm actually thrilled that Wonder Woman is coming out on HBO Max at, on Christmas Day as well as cinema because it's yet. Yeah. If a Star Wars film was coming out, I'd have to make. Oh no, no! If a Star Wars film was coming out and it was on Disney Plus as well as H as as the cinema, I'd I'd watch it at home to be honest. Um, but yeah, so I wouldn't be going to see um, Wonder Woman but I have a HBO Max uh, subscription. So I am thrilled about that. Um, let's go. Playing the Mandalorian has been one of the hardest and most unique experiences of Pascal's career to date. At this point, it's no secret that he wasn't physically under the helmet as much as he would have liked in season one and recorded his dialogue in post-production to match. What his double stun actors, Brendan Wayne and Latif Crowder did on set in the armor. 
Giving a largely, a largely vocal performance was challenging for a physical actor like Pascal, who is almost unrecognizable when you compare his turns on The Good Wife and Game of Thrones, for example, because of how he carries himself. Yet being on set way more in The Mandalorian Season 2 didn't make his job any easier because he still had to figure out figure how to make Mando compelling while also being as economical as possible in his physical movements and vocal performance. I'm not sure if I would be able to do it if it weren't for the amount of direct experience that I've had with being on stage to understand how to posture yourself, how to physically frame yourself into something and tell a story with a gesture, with a stance, or with very, very specific local vocal inundation, says Pascal, who believes his collaborative relationship with creator John Favreau and executive producer Dave Filoni, aka his Mandalorian puppers, also helped him inhabit the role of season two. Now, there were these rumours that Pascal was having a, a brutal time in the suit and the mask and, and wanted more scenes with his helmet off. Now, this does not compute. At, at best, I feel like the suit was hard for him to wear or whatever and he struggled with it one day on set and then someone's taken that given it to someone who wants to make the world into um, professional wrestling uh, for their for their clicks or whatever, and he, he went off set and, and all that. Because, listen, when your face has only been seen as a character for like 20 seconds of an entire series, it's probably not the best time to be making demands. You know what I'm saying? But... Everything about this guy and what he says is it just does not click with that. And he seems to be enjoying the challenge. Now, speaking of collaboration, love this. Working with comedian Amy Sedaris, who plays gruff Tatooine mechanic Pally Motto, got to remember that name, Pally Motto, she's so good, was one of the highlights of the Mandalorian sophomore season. I followed Amy Sedaris around like a puppy. Should have said like a loth cat. Come on, where are your Star Wars references, Pedro? I don't know what came over me. I was like, hey again, I'm not leaving your side until you rap. And she's like, cool, Pascal says. I love the child. It really is adorable. And it is so fascinating to see it work. But somebody who makes you spit laugh right into your helmet <laughs> will always be my favorite thing. Um, I think he said something about working with baby Yoda down here. It is interesting. You can read all this at ew.com. Uh, maybe I missed it. Dun, 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 dun. Is that my hold music? Ah, oh, where was it? It was about. Hmm. It was an interesting little thing about him taking the role. No, I cannot find it. This is good content. We're going to lose our new viewer. Did I read this on another site? Maybe I did. He talked about how um, he he took the, he, like when he was like deciding to take the role, how the the idea that Baby Yoda was he knew it was going to be a huge hit, and the challenge of him being under the helmet and stuff, he he saw that as like um, a big part of taking the role was was these new challenges, which. You know, again, Star Wars fans are so reactive for other people. I, I, I saw someone comment to him once on Twitter, like, oh, does it bother you? Everyone goes on about Baby Yoda, but you're the star. Like, and he's like, oh, Baby Yoda's sick. I love him. It's it's like, doesn't it all have to be this bizarre drama? Why is Leidra saying control F? What does that mean? What does that do? I'm too scared to push those buttons. Um John Bishop says, agreed, Steel Wars. His social seems to really celebrate his love of Star Wars. Sean Hoffman says, Pedro, Pedro should keep the helmet on to keep 
<laughs> Sorry. Pedro should keep the helmet on to keep the sex appeal under control. Might have to bump it too late night otherwise. Sorry, I was found that so funny. I read it so bad. Um, uh, Matthew Mole says, get Jackie and the eggs back. <sighs> anyway. So uh, good to hear from Pedro. Then um, to wrap it up, well, before we go to the wrap, I'll do some sweet sizzle. If um, you're enjoying uh, all the stuff that we're doing, um, please consider checking out the Steel Wars Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. For $3 a month on your podcast app of choice, you will get our entire back catalog. I think it's about 700 episodes. Interviews with people like Ben Mendelsohn, um, chats with J.J. Abrams, Daisy Ridley, Ryan Johnson, little ones. But a full-length interview with um, Ben Mendelsohn, Sam Witwer, Steve Stanton, hundreds of great fans. Um, a lot of these interviews are quite timeless. As well, you get all the current stuff downloading. So if you are driving, um, you don't have to watch it on YouTube. And bonus shows like Star Wars You Buy Podcast, new episode coming out today. I'm going to put it up directly after this, where we go through Star Wars history with Horst Berker and Page Wars, where we spoil all the latest books and comics. King Tom tells me what happens because I don't have time to read it. And the Robbo Report, where my very opinionated Star Wars friend Robbo tells me what, what. Three bucks get you all that for the month. Five bucks get you all that, as well as a sticker pack sent out to you. Ten bucks get you all that sticker pack content for the month and a T-shirt of your choice from Mercho Store. So uh, appreciate your support on that. Uh, Braxton says, rewatched a few of those interviews today. Good stuff. Um, our final little article, Variety.com. The Mandalorian becomes the first Disney Plus show to make Nielsen's streaming top 10 list. Now, I had heard that The Mandalorian was number one um, on another worldwide streaming thing, but I don't know how they measure this stuff. Um, Nielsen, they do, they do a survey, um, which is how all the, um, TV ratings in America are calculated. So they've obviously got a similar, um, bafflingly somehow, um, accurate way to determine this through their sample size. And the Mandalorian becomes the first Disney show to hit that in the top 10 and it comes in. At number two, no, number three, sorry, um, Queen's Gambit, uh, which I'm hearing a lot about on Netflix, seven episodes, that is number one, that has been watched, um, wow, 18,000 million minutes of that has been watched. The Office, which is very interesting, it's legacy content, 192 episodes, so that helps that there is such a gamut of episodes because you can really churn, you know, there's a lot more to watch so you can consume it more. Cause you know, when you're on a run of a show, it's like, if you're like me, it's just like, I'm just on this show. Um, 192 episodes and about a million, a hundred, no, about a thousand million minutes. Is that a billion? Yeah, that is a billion. Um, and then The Mandalorian is just behind it, also on a billion minutes, give or take, with nine episodes. Then under the bill, you've got Shit's Creek, Holiday, Grey's Anatomy, Criminal Minds, NCIS, The Haunting by Bly Manor, and The Great British Baking Show. So obviously they're impressive that, um, you know, shows like Queen's Gambit and The Mandalorian, which are fresh run shows with... Um, you know, under 10 episodes are up there with that. It's interesting that um, that's why these, um, they're getting such big, like, uh, contracts. I think Seidfeld, you know, signed some $5 billion contract to have that on Netflix. But 
that's not in the top 10. Is it on Netflix yet? I don't know. I don't know. Um, oh, and the Queen's Gambit, you can binge it. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, it's hard to compare. I guess to compare the Queen's Gambit to the Mandalorian, you would have to wait for, because Netflix, you know, they put it all up at once. You'd have to wait for the end of the Mandalorian season and and measure that in similar times. And um, I think by that measure, the Mandalorian would win. I would, I, I would think they would come out on top there. Um, oh, you can hear my phone ringing on that. I couldn't even hear it. Is it vibrating? Anyway, this has been a wild ride. 50 minutes. So uh, clearly this episode's gone on long enough. Thank you, Toro. Um, thanks for everyone watching. Again, if uh, you are getting this podcast on the normal iTunes feed or on Dioncast, whatever, and you would like to get shows like this every day, we do them Monday through Thursday. Then over the weekend, we have um, all our Mandalorian coverage. Um, we do an exclusive audio show, me and Horst Burkhart, on the phone, just riffing about it off the top of our heads on Fridays. We do the Roundtable, which is also on YouTube Live, Saturday nights, and I've also got my rapid fire reaction and just started doing the um the one in the morning live stream reaction because I can't go to sleep after the Mandalorian, so I figured I may as well make a show. So um give us some thumbs up if um that's your thing, and I hope it is. If you're watching on delay, leave a comment below. I always read them and uh reply back. Help out that algorithm, you guys. I can't emphasize enough that we um, respect the algorithm. Respect the algorithm. I'm off to purchase some Eggies. So may that force be with you. See you tomorrow. And um, Star Wars You by Podcast, hitting Patreon-exclusive YouTube and RSS feed tonight. It's a good one. See you tomorrow. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.